welcome. It's Aki Anastasiu. Welcome to another edition of What's Next as we talk to the captains of industry, the people that have got the glue that is making us, that is helping us communicate through this very, very challenging time called COVID-19. You're all working remotely, but if it wasn't for the networks, I don't think that we would be working remotely very successfully, especially in today's world where we've got uh, ultra high speed communications. And it's a great pleasure to welcome the MTN CEO group head of South Africa, Mr. Godfrey Motza. Godfrey, it's good to see you. How are you doing? You're looking very well. Hey, thank you, Aki. It's good to see you too. It's well, an auspicious day for us. Well, I know it's an auspicious day, and I see that that signal behind you there that says 5G. I want to hear all about it. But before we do that, I mean, um, MTN, you've got lots of people working at MTN. How has the uh, COVID-19 crisis been treating you? I imagine that most of your team are working uh, remotely right now. Tell us how many people are working remotely and um, what it's been like for you as a CEO to kind of deploy everybody to work remotely and run this company remotely. Just tell us how COVID-19 has been treating MTN. Yeah, th th thanks Aki. To be, to be honest with you, I think maybe the first thing for me to acknowledge is uh, I've kind of like been in a humble way, be really be surprised and almost like uh, feel like it's an honor to be in this industry. That uh, in times like this, during this pandemic, we have emerged as one of the most critical essential services to keep the country going. Maybe coming more specifically then to the issue of MTN. At MTN South Africa, we have almost 5,000 employees, but you also know that you've got over 20,000 people who basically wake up every day basically serving the, the, yellow, the, the yellow brand. Yes. From, a, from an MTN though, in the, within the 5,000 people we have, everybody's basically working from home except a few, especially in the NOC, like the network operating centers. Yes. So the critical services, but even there we've got shifts. So let's say there were 50 people working in the network center. Now we break that into, into like three, three, three shifts. So mm -hmm. on Mondays, shift A, Tuesday, shift B, Wednesday, shift C, and then the rest of the guys are actually working from home because some of the elements in the system, they require basically physical physical interaction so we have to make sure that we, we we break people into teams but it doesn't even stop there the other areas is the stores because even though you've got the online environment which is really doing exceptionally well but a lot of people still have to go to stores right. of course to make purchases to get service to pay their bills and so on and so forth the same approach again we've got shifts but we're very strict as well in the stores whether you're a customer or whether you're an employee, that of course the PPE is critical. Yes. It's uh, social distancing markers. Everybody has to wear a mask and then everybody's temperature has to be taken. And uh, if there is no PPE in the store, the store has to be closed immediately. So you've got very, very strict protocols as, as you should. We, and we, it's, it's, it's great to the see. The number that. one important thing, Aki, yeah. is life. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. It's not, well, once your life is gone, everything is gone. No, no, absolutely. And this, this uh, virus is starting to get very real right now, Godfrey. But I'm glad to hear that you're operating under very safe hygiene protocols, that your staff are safe, that you are safe. I think that nobody, no business can afford to take any kinds of risks. Now, talking about your customers, 
uh, you are right. I mean, you guys um, and the telecommunications industry has been the glue through this coronavirus. I was just saying to somebody the other day, imagine this happened 10 years ago. Um, I think that if we are in a recession right now globally, could you imagine the financial trouble we'd be in right now in terms of business continuity? So what, what interesting trends are you seeing on your network? Uh, certainly, I'm sure video conferencing has been quite crazy, but what have you seen happening on your network since COVID-19 and the lockdown started in South Africa in early March? So, Aki, we are seeing a lot. And we are seeing really some exciting stuff. But the key one for me is around the rapid adoption of digitalization. We are seeing today that the classroom is at home. We are seeing today that the movie theater is at home. We are seeing today that the office is at home. So home connectivity is critical. That's why if you look at what ICASA basically rightfully did, by giving us more spectrum, we are able to boost the capacity and boost the performance mm. so that people like you and me and many other people, small businesses, big businesses, public sector people, private sector people, students, teachers, yeah. they can actually work. So we basically a rapid adoption of digitalization and we believe that it's going to be the new normal. Of course, we are seeing a lot of specific uh, sites like MS Teams. The important thing, uh, Aki, is that in the MTN network, we are now getting more than over 12 million people basically using IP calls. Or 12 IPV. million people? Over 12 million people. Over 12 million people are using whether Skype, they're using House Party, they're using WhatsApp video, they are using Skype voice. So the circuit switch and the IP, we've got almost 20 million people on basically on circuit switch. So now we've got about 12 million people. Let me clarify something there. So on a daily basis, there are 12 million. No, on a monthly uh, on a basis. Month. On a month basis. There are 12 million yeah, people yeah, that are using yeah. uh, specific protocols for video conferencing um, and that, that yeah. you just mentioned. Are you one of those 12 million people that is using house party at the moment? I, I, I'm, <laughs> my kids are into house parties, so, so now and then I had to download, but I forgot to lock the house. Uh, <laughs> they were not impressed with me. But, but Godfrey, um, that's astonishing numbers that you just mentioned. Can you put it up into yeah. some kind of perspective in terms of network traffic and in terms of data usage uh, on the MTN network since the 1st of March until now? Yeah. How, much, yeah. how much more data are your customers consuming? Yeah, we have, uh, we have like 30 million customers, roughly it's around 29 million some point something. They yeah. say 30 million customers, as I said, we've got over 12 million already using these IP uh, yes. protocols. The, 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 the total data traffic that we are carrying today is more than twice from where it was last year. So over like wow. 100%. Wow. And you could look at where it was basically pre-COVID. Pre, pre yes. Was seeing anything between... 40 to 60 percent. Of course, some days you just see 60 percent, some days you see 50 percent, and so on and so forth. So, again, it takes me to the point I mentioned really, really critical, and we're really, really lucky that ICASA did the right thing by making sure that they give us the extra spectrum. Otherwise, 
it will be very, 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 very heavy. The networks will actually experience a blackout if we did not get the spectrum from ICASA. So that's why all this discussion about, about ICASA taking back the spectrum, it's, it's, a, it's a not discussion. You, you can't undo this thing now. What you just have to deal with now is getting the spectrum. This, this comes to the next point now, because the spectrum technically is temporarily launched until November, if I'm not mistaken, but they can't take yes. it away. I mean, this capacity, it's critical infrastructure in the country. We know the government has been dragging their feet around the spectrum and around the allocation, and it has to happen now. We cannot do without the spectrum. Um, are you confident that by this year end, that some agreement will have been reached and this spectrum that is really required by yourselves and, and Vodacom, I'm not sure about Cell C and Telcom at this stage and depending on how it's going to be auctioned off, but are you confident that this will be auctioned off and actioned and in the bag by the end of this year? Yeah, I, I do not know whether it's going to be auctioned or whatever methodology is going to be used, but the thing is simple here. We really need the spectrum and the ICASA cannot pull the spectrum because if they pull the spectrum, we will collapse. The net, you know this thing that you have at ESCOM, the load shedding? Yes. You will introduce load shedding for telecom companies. So you're you saying out me, there, if yeah. you were not allocated this temporary spectrum in the last few weeks, the networks would have just collapsed? I wouldn't be able to carry the traffic. Something would have to give. What will happen that you and I will be, wouldn't be able to do what we are doing? But the point is, as well, Aki, is we now have this traffic. You know, once you basically do get into the internet, you don't forget about it. Yes. You basically, you use it as, 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 as a tool of work. So even post the pandemic, the traffic will stay because people have found the digital benefits of working like the way we are working. Right, right. So we are basically asking ICASA, and with all due respect, we have to be thankful that President Ramaphosa gets this. That Minister Stella gets this. Yes. Wellington, the CEO at ICASA, they get this. It took us over a decade to get something, but you know what? Sometimes say, better late than never. These people have showed up. Because the progress that has been made in one year in this space, or one year, 18 months, far surpasses all the 10 years of wastage and nothingness that we're yes. doing nothing busy. You can do two things on this, Aki. You can politicize and uh, say all this kind of stuff, and then China moves ahead, America moves ahead, Germany moves ahead, Kenya moves ahead, and then all you are left with is just complaining, complaining. Right, I'm not right. saying the complaints are trivial. They are relevant. But guess what? We still need to make sure we build the networks. These things are not mutually exclusive. It does not mean when you give MTN, a post-94 company, a black-run company, a black, maybe significantly owned company, you are taking away transformation. Yes. But also, let's be honest, the transformation is not where we still would like it to be. So my plea to ICASA, my plea to Minister Stella, say, you can give us the spectrum, we can push transformation at the same time. You don't have to delay the spectrum to see transformation. Actually, the spectrum, once it's in motion, 
it gives us more capacity and more capability to fuel even more digital revolution and more transformation. Because the future industries, as I say, they're going to be built out of this thing. No, so if you don't have it, that's creating a zero-sum game. We all walk away as losers. So, I mean, you, spectrum, we yeah. need a transformation. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's locking tremendous economic value, Godfrey. And I mean, you're 100% right. And I'm glad that you raised the points that you raised because it's really, really important. But, you know, you've also got a tremendous, uh, uh, you, you've got the title of the best network in South Africa right now. Um, what are you going to do to maintain this title? And I've looked at MTN and how you guys have really grown and excelled in just the last few years. I mean, you've been around for a long time, but in particular, the last five years, you've just seen this network grow. You've invested a lot of money in the network. Now there's 5G. It's commercially available on the MTN network. What are you going to do and what kind of investment is MTN making to maintain the best network in the country? And tell us about this 5G rollout because I'm really excited yeah. about 5G. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, what would happen, uh, Aki, is um, if you look at the, we call it the category drivers. Mm. Why do people like you and me and many other, pe other people buy into these services? They buy into these services mostly because of the network quality. And of course, the value they also get, the customer service. So just like during 3G and 4G, MTN will make sure that from a 5G perspective, our network is second to none. So we'll continue to compete with the red, with the red guys. Mm -hmm. And again, competition is good for them. It's good for us. So yeah, we're excited about the competition. So you guys, you'll basically see, we'll continue con competing. We'll continue investing. MTN spent like over 50 billion rands, maybe in the last four or five years or so, to deliver the network that we have. The networks are expensive. Yeah. And guess what? Not everybody can be building the networks. There is no enough money in the country for each and every player to be making it, to be building his own network. You have the Celsius situation. Celsius is on us now. Yes because it is cheaper for them to be buying the stuff from us than to be building on their own. And I've been debating this thing like ad nauseum. You look in the States, over 300 million people, almost 20 trillion GDP. Guess what? They have to consolidate into only three players because nobody can be laying $30 billion every year on the, on the CAPEX. Sometimes people talk about stuff that don't add up. South Africa cannot afford to build first world infrastructure in a fragmented situation. Yes. Of course, you need to make sure you've got strong players, but they're also competitive. Anyone who says MTN and Vodacom do not compete on infrastructure, they are monopolizing the stuff. I don't know what he's talking about because in my world, I don't sleep every day making sure that I'm delivering for my customers and I'm not falling behind. I, I guess also the same story on the other side. I used to live on the other side. It was mm. the same story. So we will continue investing. What I've said to Giovanni is, uh, okay, we need to scale on this. We are starting with 100 sites. Giovanni has reminded me, say, Godfrey, you do not have a permanent allocation on Spectrum. So we've taken a bet internally an ambition that I will push, I'll get the spectrum. From the day we get the spectrum, count 12 months. 
-hmm. we should have covered at least 10 million South Africans. Wow. That's a big promise. Because at the core, at the core at MTN, we have always said everyone deserves the benefits of a modern connected life. I know some people say, ah, this is just slogans, people trying to, to feel important. This is really what we believe in. This is our Bible. This is our, this is our core belief that we build the digital life, the connectivity, the services, the distribution. So Godfrey, with regards to the 5G, I mean, your packages are exciting. So you, you, that's a big promise you're making. Once you get the spectrum allocation, within 12 months, you will be covering 10 million South Africans, basically. Geographically, uh, you know, if you can paint us a picture, from the time that you get the spectrum, 18 months after that, what kind of coverage will you have with 5G in South Africa? We normally do the coverage based on population. Right. Because the Karoo the Karo is big. So we try to avoid the geographic coverage, yeah. Yeah. So I'll really stay, I'll, I'll stay with the ambition that we have that at least we should have covered 10 million people. Of course, that means you start with, you, you know, my boss, Rob Shooter, always talk, talks about fishing where the fish are, but at the same time, making sure that no one is left behind. You'll see our approach as well on how we've launched the 5G. We, of course, were in Pretoria, we're in Johannesburg, we're in Durban, we're in Bloom, we're in Cape Town. But of course, everybody would have guessed that. But guess what? We're also in Queenstown, in the Eastern Cape. Wow. We're also in, Hop we're also in Hoptown. We're also in Port Alfred. So we're covering a bit of this door piece. Because what's interesting, what Giovanni did on this, with all due respect, if you look at the 5G today, it's reading played from the lowest band to the highest one. Yes, yes. So you've got, the seven, you've, got, you've got 700. We basically have a deployment there, which is very good for the long distance coverage. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's an aggressive have, rollout, eh? It, it is, a, but again, it can't be aggressive until I've got a permanent, permanent award on the spectrum. Right, okay. Because as much as I believe that uh, my government, our government cannot take the oxygen out of my lungs with the, with the, with the spectrum. Okay. Until that is basically written down, I can't convince everyone to say, here's an extra billion rands, extra two billion rands for you, Godfrey. Go and paint the country with a yellow 5G. Yes. Okay, well, that's good news. Um, I, I'm a little bit disappointed in all the towns that you mentioned, Godfrey, because you didn't mention Pofader in any of those locations where the 5G is going to be rolled out. But um, Pofader, hot as hell, yeah. there's a lot of those smaller towns. I'm kidding. But you know what? The reality is that 5G is going to get, you know, all over. If you look at the, the, the International Telecommunications Union forecast, it's, it's the next technology. It's going to take time. If it takes 18 months or five years, the point is we're all going to be using 5G at some point in the near future. And it's really exciting to hear your plans and, and the aggressive rollout. Wow. I mean, there's some really small places that you're rolling it out to. Um, and it's an expensive technology to roll out. So well done to you and well done to MTN. And it's going to be interesting to see the adoption rates. And I'm sure the pricing of the data is going to come down eventually. I mean, I'm looking at your initial pricing and what you're offering it is expensive, but it's a new technology. Where do you see it going uh, in you know, three years from now? Are you going to see a drop significantly in yeah. terms of the cost? Yeah. Yeah, I am more ambitious 
Tiponius with you in terms of timing than the three years. Three years is too long. Yes. See, for us, Aki here, it feels like we're being, it's like being born again. It's a rebirth. Mm. I was lucky that uh, in 1995, when we were switching off or we, we were switching on the networks and we were still starting up, I was working for this company. I was still an intern. I think I've long said that. Yes. Then I was lucky that uh, also when 3G was launched, I was basically there. And then I also been lucky that all the plans we had to make on 4G without the spectrum, I was there. And then now even 5G. So all the Gs in South Africa have been there. <laughs> and the Godfrey so, and, uh, as well. There's, there's the G of Godfrey as well, don't forget. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of excitement. So what, 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 we have, what I've said internally yes. around the pricing, it's very important that this thing can't just be for rich people. Otherwise, you lose all the credibility mm. with the stakeholders, especially the government. Yes. Because today, the townships, there are like 15 million households in South Africa. But if you look at the households with true broadband, it's nothing yeah. as a percentage. So at the core with 5G, we want the townships, as an example, to have ultra-fast broadband that is affordable. My benchmark to my, to my commercial people, I say if DSTV, multi-choice, are able to deliver DSTV compact with hundreds of channels between 400 and 500 rands. I want to get to the same price point of a 5G unlimited because it's clear that the 5G, it's clear that 5G with the ubiquity yes. and with the investment and the scale and the speed will be able to cover those places. Those people have been waiting for over 100 years to get a fixed line connectivity for internet right. from their providers. 100 years later, it hasn't arrived. So it's, it's on its way now. Please make sure that the 5G, that's the moment they've been waiting for. Yes. No, it's exciting stuff, Godfrey. But just overall, I mean, uh, before COVID-19, data must fall was a big, uh, big conversation for South Africans. You've reduced your prices significantly. Can we expect to see more price reductions for data in the next six to eight months? Yeah, I will reduce more prices once I get even more spectrum. Okay. And more permanent awards. Yeah, I will. Good. I will. Good, good. There is no way, because the, the, here, here's the situation on this thing, uh, if you don't reduce the prices, you don't stimulate the consumption. Correct. If you don't stimulate consumption, you are killing productivity. You are stifling innovation. But it's also extremely unfair to say, reduce the prices, but I'm putting a handbrake on the spectrum. Yes, fair enough. Because there's a, there's a recipe then for an economic disaster. If I reduce the prices, I run out of capacity. And then the whole quality goes down. I can't basically collect money. I can't invest. And then everybody's screwed, if I can use the term. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. So, Godfrey, yeah. I mean, the, this pandemic is certainly going to change everything in the world and the way business is being done. As one of the leaders and the captains of industry in the telecommunications industry, 
Where do you see the big changes happening uh, after COVID-19 settles down? Because we're certainly not going to go back to the new normal, as we said earlier. Um, and then I also want to ask you for your aha moment during this uh, COVID-19 lockdown. Has Godfrey Motza had an aha moment? And where does Godfrey Motza see the world in the next few years as we move out of COVID-19? Certainly not going to be the same. What's been your aha moment and where do you see the future, Godfrey? My, my, I, th I think my, big, my biggest aha moment is that I am still standing and we are actually making progress. We are delivering innovations like we have and then we are saving the nation. In a situation like this, our people have been able to work remotely to deliver quality of service to our country, to our customers, as if we're still in the office. But what do I see really coming through? One, if we've got 5,000 people at MTN working today, a huge chunk of those people are not going back to the physical environment. They're gonna work from home. And then to, from a philosophical point of view, from my, from myself and also what I'm pushing to my team. Though even with a vaccine, let's say it arrives in 12 months or 18 months, whatever mm. it arrives. Those who are able to work from home, those who want to work from home, they should continue working from home. There's no point for them to be coming to, to, come into, to, be coming to 14th Avenue or wherever the offices we have throughout yes. the regions. So they will continue basically working from there. But I also see a lot of services because with the power of the internet, you can have, let me just say as a student, you can have access to the best teachers out there. So the best, if you, you've got YouTubers as an example, mm. I start seeing YouTubers who are proper educationists. And then people are able to be taught by very good people committed, entertaining, insightful, the classroom is disrupted properly. The factory is also going to be disrupted. Transport is disrupted. Everything, not, 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 nothing will go back to what it was before because it's not just the pandemic, it's the technology. The pandemic is taking advantage of the technology or technology is taking advantage of the pandemic. I don't know, but I can tell you both are disruptive. And we always say, never waste a crisis. So we are preparing ourselves to make sure that as the new future emerges, we're not behind the curve. We're actually leading the curve. Sorry with this kind of like fancy speak, but no, that's really what drives us. <laughs> Yeah. Motza, you know, it's just such a privilege to be able to speak to you and hear your vision. And it's certainly very, very exciting. Um, and, and thank you for sharing those insights with us as the CEO of MTN South Africa. Wishing you luck, wishing you good health. And through this crisis that you, uh, you guys come through um, stronger in the end, which you clearly are. And may your 5G network grow from strength to strength. And I hope that you get that spectrum finalized after all of these years. Uh, very, very soon. Thank you for your time, Godfrey Mozart, and I wish you well. Thank you, Aki. Let's also wish our soccer to come back. Ah. And most importantly, let's wish for Orlando Pirates 
to win matches and trophies. My man, my man, up the bucks. You know, Moss. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>